we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the whoa with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're taking over. I'm learning Spanish, and I need to be honest. I'm on the phone so much, I'm normally not listening to my Spanish CD like I'm supposed to. And, uh, but I've committed to getting on top of it this year. And one day you're going to walk in church, and you're going to be like, did I come to the right church? Because I'm going to be, glory Dios. I'm preaching the whole message in Spanish. That's not today, but that will be one day. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest Church. I'm in my year of acceleration, accelerated progress, accelerated faith. This year, all I do is win in Jesus' name, Selah. Remain standing with me for just a moment. I want you to flip over to Leviticus. Leviticus is towards the beginning of your Bible. If you're using the Harvest Mobile app, that's why I left my phone because I use the Harvest Mobile app. You can click it right there. L-E-V, that's the uh, the uh, uh, abbreviated version of Leviticus chapter 23, verse 1. When you got it, say, I got it, Bishop. If you still flip and say, hold on, Bishop. If you're just going to look on the screens, don't say nothing. I'm just giving you a hard time. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, the feast of the Lord. Say, this is the feast day. Which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. That means gathering. Say, we're gathered together. These are my feasts. In other words, God says, this is important to me. So make this important to you, and I'll make what's important to you important to me. Let me say it another way. When you honor what's important to God, God then begins to honor you. Say, this is a feast day, the day of atonement. I'm honoring it so heaven will honor me. In Jesus' name. Father, speak now, customize, tailor, make this message for us, your people, that we move in what you have ordained. We thank you for this brand new spiritual year that we've entered into, going from preparation into manifestation. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, last week, we gathered as the Bible commands to welcome a new spiritual year. Uh, and this is the year 5779, because the Bible commands us to have a convocation that means to gather physically. Now, God, nor the Bible, uh, you know this, is based off of the Gregorian calendar. That's named 
after Pope Gregory XIII. It goes from January to December. Instead, the Bible is based off of the what? Hebrew calendar. And the Hebrew calendar has four different starts to the calendar depending on the purpose. But the civil year, that is when the number of the year changes. It happens at Rosh Hashanah, and that happened last week. It's also called the Feast of Trumpets. Somebody say it has begun. If you'll notice, even over this last week, you've seen things moving at an accelerated pace. You've seen things happening quickly. You've seen things changing quickly. That's because God says, I ain't playing with you this year. This is a year where you're going to have some manifestation. This ain't a year to just sit on your blessed assurance and not see nothing done. This is a year you're going to see some fruit. Somebody say fruit this year. Now, the concept is, uh, is very simple. The concept, the fact that the spiritual year would have four different starts to the year is very simple, or, or the Hebrew years would have four different starts. It's significant because the concept was communicating that God was constantly offering resets by design. Say it's built in. Uh, it's built in. And so what happens is God says on Rosh Hashanah, uh, while I offer you a fresh start seemingly every season of the year, on Rosh Hashanah, I'm giving you a brand new year. And in that year, that year will be prophetic for you. In other words, there will be things that I want to foretell to you and I want to foretell to you. What does that mean, Bishop? Foretell, telling you what's going to happen. Foretell, telling something to happen, which means it shall happen. Which means the reason that we take the feast serious here at Harvest church is because the Bible teaches us to but the reality is is that God says I'm offering you a reset say reset I don't know about you, but I'm excited that God says, I got some resets built in because there's some stuff we were stuck in, stagnant in, messed up, tied up, tangled up, confused about. And God says, forget all of that, reset. I don't know about you, but sometimes if you used to play video games, the, the little video game would get stuck. And every now and then you would uh, play with it and it'd get stuck and it wouldn't work. And you didn't really want to watch this reset the game because if you reset the game, you're going to lose your progress. And so you'd sit there and kind of wait. How many people did the waiting game? You get up, go get some pizza, go get something to drink and come back and hope that it would just start moving. But the reality is often things didn't start moving until you hit reset. What are you saying, Bishop? God says there's some stuff that ain't been moving, ain't been happening, it's not been manifesting because you needed me to hit the reset button. And here's the best part about it. You ain't going to lose your progress because you haven't been the one keeping score. God says, I've been keeping score and you're not going to lose one ounce of progress. Somebody holler reset. Now, it is a holy convocation, Leviticus says. That's a meeting between God and men that God sets. Now, this is significant because when you and I pray, praise or worship, we set an appointment with God. When I say appointment, it just means we have dialogue with God. But a feast is an appointment that God sets with you. Say, God set it with me. Now, think about this. If you're ever summoned uh, to someone's office, the level of authority, rank, and position, the persons to whom office you are summoned to, uh, now will dictate to you the significance of the meeting. If you're called uh, to a meeting by your manager, great. If you're called to a meeting by your director, better. If you're called to a meeting by somebody upstairs in the C-suite, this going to be good. Why? They skipped levels to get to you. In other words, God says during the feast time, I will skip through every level to come personally see about you. Which means for everybody that felt forsaken, for everybody that felt like God forgot about you, for everybody that said, Lord, why me? Why my, well, What about me? God says, well, I set a date on the calendar to come personally see about you. Touch your neighbor and say, he wants to talk to you. That ain't how you say it if you mean to touch somebody else. Say, he wants to see about you. 
In other words, God says, I'm ready to take your life to places you never imagined. I'm ready to do things you never thought would be able to happen. And this ain't just something some man said. I said a feast day to come have a conversation with you about your future. Now, now watch this. Watch this. There are seven major feasts. And seven is the biblical number of completion. So in the feast, we see what it is to be complete. Check it out. In seven, we see Shalom. Say, in seven, I see Shalom. Shalom is this Hebrew word that means peace generically. But when you dig it open, or when you unpack it, rather, it means, you should know this by heart by now, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Let's just say it again for repeat so everybody's got it. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. What's well? Everything. Some of the stuff you're complaining about is God just making it well. Some of the stuff you're stressed out about is God just making it well. Now, 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 now watch this. When, when we honor the feast, we see shalom. Consequently, many Christians have never been taught to honor the feast because sometimes Christians think that, well, that's Old Testament. Or, or they'll say this, that's Old Covenant. And that's, that, that's unlearned. There are seven major covenants in Scripture. Not one of them is called the Old One. Okay? What, you, what most people are referring to is the Mosaic Covenant, which involves Torah. That is 613 mitzvah or 613 different laws that were laid out in scripture that the people had to follow. Then the rabbis who were the Jewish teachers, they added about another 400 laws you had to follow. So all in total, you had a thousand things you had to do plus the Ten Commandments. Jesus came and said, they're not going to get it. So Jesus is like, I'll do it for them because they're never going to No, you're never going to get it. Never, never going to get it. God was like, y'all are never going to get this. So let me do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And if you receive me, heaven will look at you as if you are me. You missed it. Well, if you become a Christian, heaven will then look at you as if you are Jesus the Christ himself, which means I can boldly approach the throne of grace and obtain mercy in my time of need. Why? Because it didn't think it was me. It thought it was him, which means whenever God looks at you, God doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't see your failures. He doesn't see how you screwed up. When God looks at you, he looks at you and sees himself. Why? I'm covered in the blood. And when he sees me, the Bible says he can't deny himself. So why do I know that my prayer will be answered? Because when I prayed, he didn't see Foreman. When I prayed, he saw Jesus to Christ. When you prayed, he didn't see you. When you prayed, he saw himself. And he cannot deny himself. Are you here? Now, how many major feasts are there? Seven. Now, there are four spring feasts. One is Passover. I'm not teaching about that today. Second is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. I'm not teaching about that today. Third is Feast of First Fruits. I'm not teaching about that today. Next one is the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Pentecost. Or the Feast of the Harvest. I'm not preaching about that today either. There are three fall feasts. That's where we at. The first is the Feast of Trumpets. We were here last week. Uh, trumpets in Scripture is better referred to as a shofar. Hebrews use the shofar. It's the ram's horn. Now, blowing the shofar, we learned last week, calls things into order. Which means disorder must go. When you turn on your light, does the darkness argue? No. Why? Because order showed up. Here's what's been happening since last week. God said, I'm turning on the lights and ain't nothing you can do about it. I'm bringing some order and there's nothing you can do about it. There's some people you wouldn't put out, so I exposed them to you so you had no choice. There's some conversations you wouldn't have, so I made you have them. Because order has to come. Somebody say, order has to come. 
Now, now, now watch this. Some of what you and I are calling stress and mess is actually the shofar working. What do you mean, Bishop? A lot of what we call stress and mess is the shofar working. In other words, heaven says that's out of order, so it has to go. They're out of order, so they have to go. A lot of the stuff that we're calling stress and mess right around this time, God is like, no, that's me. Which is why you can't rebuke it. Which is why you can't pray it away. Which is why even when you praise and worship, it's still there. Because the shofar is going to keep blowing until you let it blow the heck up out your life. There's somebody in here where there's some disorder, watch this, that's been happening in your mind. And you feel so conflicted in your mind. You're not resting like you normally do. You're up and down, this and that. And you're trying to say, God, what's going on? God says, no, what I'm doing is getting rid of the disorder that's happening in your mind. Because you're too wishy-washy. You're too up and down. You're too emotional. I need to bring you to a place where you control your emotions. And your emotions do not control you. Somebody say, this is a feast. It was, also, it was also called the Day of Judgment. What are we talking about? Rosh Hashanah. It was also called the Day of Judgment, where the trajectory of the new year was set between Rosh Hashanah and the Day of Atonement. Say, my future's determined. Say it like you mean it. Say, my future's determined. Say, no, 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 y'all ain't talking like you mean it. Say, my future is determined about these last few days. Now, this is significant. Because the Bible is not a book about destiny. The Bible is a book about choices. It's a book about decision. Most people, uh, and I, I really don't even like the word destiny anymore because it implies a destination. And the problem with a destination is once I reach my destination, I stop driving. And you know what else I do? I turn off my navigation. I disconnect from my source of information when I think I've arrived at my destination. That's why some people quit coming to church after their life get halfway together. Because they're like, well, things are better now, so I'm, I'm good now, Bishop. Not realizing you turned off your nav. And when you turn off your nav, where you're at is where you're stuck. But I think there's some people that gathered here on a Wednesday night to say, I need my navigation. I, where do I turn? Where do I go? Where do I move? How do I do it? Now, 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 watch this. Uh, God, uh, the scripture teaches us that judgment is set for the new year between Rosh Hashanah and the Day of Atonement. That is today. So the day is like your last opportunity to, you know, make a good impression. Now, <laughs> got real quiet right there. Because some of y'all thinking how you've been acting since you ain't been eating today. <laughs> now, now, after Rosh Hashanah, there are the ten days of awe. Uh, following the Feast of Trumpets, uh, which is Rosh Hashanah, uh, that we're in and that end today. And I gave you some instructions last week. It was prayer. How many people over the last 10 days you found yourself praying some stuff that you're like, whoa. Okay, good, 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 good. Awesome. Consecration, setting yourself apart. How many of you have found yourself uh, over these last 10 days by yourself a lot? Mm -hmm. Good, good. Set yourself apart. That's good. All right. Fasting. We did that today. We're still in it. And just for everybody who thinks it ends at the message. Because y'all were asking. Somebody was brave enough to ask it on Facebook Live. It says, now this is a sundown only fast, right, Bishop? No, this is, this is a till midnight fast. Now, now, who coming with me to the Waffle House? <laughs> no, just joking. Now, 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 prayer, consecration, fasting, then repentance, self-reflect, and self-correct. How many people over the last few days, you've been really looking at you, and you've been like, you know what? This needs to change. This, this needs to change. 
this needs to change, this needs to be different, this needs to be different, this needs to be different. And the final component to this was a sacrificial seed. And here we got that, Leviticus 23 and 25. Since this is the beginning of a new spiritual year, it's like sowing seed at the beginning of the year with an expectation of a harvest in that year. Make sense? Let me show you the scripture so you can see it for yourself. This was in your Bible before you walked in here. Leviticus 23 and 25. You shall do no customary work on it. You shall offer and say it with me. Ooh, no, that ain't going to work. And you shall offer an offering. Man, come on, Harvest. Y'all look. Now, it says an offering made by fire to the Lord. So I challenge you. On last Wednesday and reminded you on Sunday uh, to during this time to sow the most significant seed you've ever sown. Now, I'm ready to put mine in the ground. Amen. Uh, now, the, now, I gave you this. Y'all still with me? I gave you the prophecy over this new spiritual year. So we left the year 5778. We entered into the year what? 5779. Now, God plays the numbers. All right. Now, now, Mr. Bishop Foreman, what in the world do you mean? Well, there's this word called gematria. Gematria is the study of biblical numerology. Biblical numerology is the study of the significance and impact of numbers in your life because every Hebrew letter has a corresponding musical note and number, which means every number, watch this, is actually a word. Say it again. Every number is actually a word. So every time I see a number, there's more to that number. So eight is the number of a new beginning, of a fresh start. It's also the number of preparation. Check it out. Nine is the number of birthing, fruitfulness, the completion of a cycle, and judgment we learned last week. So last spiritual year for you was about one thing and one thing only, preparation. I'm going to say it again. And, And here's the trip. You prepared a lot and didn't even realize a lot of your peril was actually preparation. A lot of your pain was preparation. Uh, a lot of what made you perspire was preparation. A lot of what made you uh, off was preparation. You put a word in front of off. All of them start with peace. Now, now check, check it out. Say, I've been preparing. What's significant is you often prepare longer than you actually play the game. Uh, rehearsal for music lasts longer than the performance. Practice for, fo- think about it, football teams have been practicing all week to play one day. You practiced and prepared all last year, but it ain't just for one day. It is because this year you're going to see what it is that you prepared for. You can look at me with that tone of face if you want to. Uh, You are getting ready to reap what you've sown and what you've prepared for shall be present. How do you know this, Bishop? It's in the numbers. And who plays the numbers? God does. God says, I'm taking you from a place preparation of, of a new mindset an evolution if you really look over the last 12 months you're really not the same you you were much more arrogant 12 months ago you are know-it-all 12 months ago okay the ones that ain't saying nothing still thinking they st- you know you you could nobody tell you nothing 12 months ago uh, y'all y'all ain't talking you you, you, you thought you had certain folk figured out in your life 12 months ago watch this and some of them jokers ain't even around no more 12 months later What has been happening is God says, I've been upgrading you. I've been evolving you. We talked about evolution. We talked about acceleration as related to the natural year. And so now God says, now it's time to birth something. That's what nine is. It's the number of birthing. It's the number of fruitfulness, the number of the completion of a cycle, and the number of judgment. And we looked at that 
on last week, and I gave you the scripture where it says God doesn't allow pain unless he plans to bring forth something, which means everything I've gone through was not wasted. A lot of times we get discouraged in life and frustrated in life because we think we've wasted something. And I want to tell you this. You're not that powerful. What you mean, Bishop? You're not powerful enough to where you can waste what God bought. What do you mean? 2,000 years ago when he hung on that tree and paid the price, he bought you and I. Which means any day, any moment, any situation, any experience where it looks like we wasted it, I'm going to tell you God is so bad, bad in a good way, that he won't let you waste it. Instead, he lets you sow it as seed. Which means you didn't waste anything. You've sown everything. And I think that's a good place for somebody in here to put a praise on it. Why? Because you didn't waste your time in that relationship. You were sowing for a better one. Y'all not talking... You didn't waste that time and that opportunity. You were sowing for a better one. You didn't waste that time and that business. You were sowing for a better one. You haven't wasted anything. You don't got it like that. I know it's not good English, but go with me. Say, say I was preparing. Now I'm ready to see. Now, now today, this is, this is, and we've been in it now, the Day of Atonement. It's also called Yom Kippur, uh, and, and we're in it. Somebody say, we're in it. Here's what that referred to. It is this Hebrew word, teshuvah, teshuvah. If you want to sound real deep tomorrow at work, you know, you can, you, you know, start with shalom. That's easy. And then they said, what you do yesterday? Uh, teshuvah. Now, don't be, don't be country with it and say teshuvah. <laughs> you got, you know, teshuvah. Let's practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you want to get, call somebody after church and say, what was church about? Cha teshuvah. You don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Here's what it means. It means repentance and returning. Repentance and returning. This is where the concept of homecoming came from in the fall. Came from the Bible. Teshuvah. When people came back to themselves. When people, uh, the, the prodigal son, can I teach for a moment? The prodigal son, the Bible says, that he asked his father, prodigal in Greek, the language of our New Testament, it means undeveloped. Got it? So he's really undeveloped and he's weak, but he thinks he's something greater than that. And so in his prodigal nature, the Bible says he goes to his father and says, give me what's mine. Now, essentially what he was telling his daddy is, I wish you were dead. Because to give me your inheritance, my inheritance now, which is something that's only supposed to be given to me once you die, what I'm really telling you is I wish you were dead. So embedded in the request is actually a statement, die. Are you here? His father looks at him as his father gives to both sons, the older son and the younger son. He gives to both sons their inheritance. And when he gives them their inheritance, the Bible says the prodigal son, the younger two, he goes off and he wastes everything that he has with prodigal living, with, 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 with riotous living, with just crazy. I mean, he was ratchet. This is the originator of ratchet. Are you here? Ratchet is an urban colloquialism, which means lacking excellence. I like that. Now, the Bible says that this guy loses everything. He was so underprepared, he didn't even think to save something. He was so arrogant, he wouldn't even listen to his father's advice about what to do with what he should have never had. So, so, so he wastes everything. Somebody say everything. And we look at this guy, and when we look at this guy, we often look at the guy like, you know, um, um, you know, this guy's crazy. How could he do that? 
But here's the truth. You and I, every single one of us, have all had our prodigal days. And here's the trip. You can still be in church and be a prodigal. You can sing and be a prodigal. You can usher at on the first Sunday usher team and still be a prodigal. If you do up in old school church, you know about the first Sunday team. That was like the A team, and then all the other weeks were like the B team. Now, check this out. Check this out. He wastes everything. And when he wastes everything, the Bible says he's sitting in a pig pen with some pigs. Now, just think about it for a minute. Pigs, they eat, they excrete, step in it, move their foot around, and then go eat and excrete again. Now, knowing that's not going to stop me from eating bacon. The Bible says, anything in which I have prayed over, it is clean. So you can use that all you want to say, Bishop, that's why you got to leave that swine alone. That, you can do that. I'm having me a bacon sandwich in the morning with a side of bacon, with, with bacon syrup, bacon apple, orange juice, whatever, bacon. With some shrimp. Now, <laughs> if you wonder why I'm talking about that, because the Hebrews have these laws of cost where they can't eat that. Now, in all of this, y'all still here? He's eating the pods that the pig ate. Think about it. He's down here with these pigs, and these pigs are eating. Then they're excreting. They're eating, excreting. What's interesting about a pig is that a pig can't tell the difference between mud and its own mess. So what it made, it can't see the difference between what was there and the mess it made because the nature of a pig is that I make a mess and I stay stuck in my mess because I can't tell the difference between the mess I made and the mess that was there. And what ends up happening, we're going somewhere. Touch the neighbor say, we're going somewhere. The prodigal son is sitting there eating the pods. Because nobody gave him anything. And when you want to know what's significant, there's a little part of the story that we miss. Because the Bible says the, this man joins himself to a citizen of that country. Which means, watch this, he finds a co-signer to join him in his average living. He finds somebody else that's rebellious and says, see, did we agree. We often find people with the same issues as us to justify why we had that issue. Y'all ain't talking to me on this wizard. He joined himself to a citizen of that country, and that citizen sent him in his fields to feed with the swine. And what's significant about this, y'all, is he's sitting there eating the pods, what the pigs ate. And then the Bible says one day, this boy comes to himself. And he looks around and he says, what is this? He said, in my daddy's house. Life was better than this. See, here's the question I want to know. Why did he leave his daddy's house in the first place? Who gave him the idea he could even ask for his inheritance early in the first place? Sounds to me like he had already joined himself to some folk before he ever left in the first place. Be careful because every attack that the enemy sends against you begins with a conversation. The Bible says, I'm going somewhere. The Bible says he comes to himself. And he looks around and he says, you know what? I'm not living like this no more. He said, I'm going to run back to my dad. And this one I'm going to tell him, be like, daddy, I need to come home because this is just crazy. The way I'm living is just a mess. I've sinned against heaven and before you. And this, this is a mess. I can't do this no more. And uh, I know, don't even call me son no more. He said, I have disqualified myself for being your son. And so just make me a servant. Don't need make me a son. Just put me out there with, with, with the servants. Put me out there with Jeffrey and I'll be good. 
You'll catch it in a minute. Fresh Prince. He says, just put me out there. But just put me out there with the servants. I'm not even good enough to be called son anymore. I'm not even good enough to use my life to change the lives of other people anymore. I'm not even good enough for you to use anymore. I blew it this time. And you know what his daddy does in essence? The Bible says when his father sees him coming home. Now, this is a trip. His daddy evidently was waiting on him to get it together. I'm going to tell somebody, God has been looking at you, waiting on you, saying, when in the world are you going to come back from that mess? Come out of that discouragement. Come out of that depression. Come out of that frustration. Come out. Of, when are you? Touch your name and say, he's looking for you. He's looking for you. Evidently, his daddy was looking for him because the Bible says when he saw his son walking, that he ran to his son and he had compassion and fell on his neck and kissed him. Why did he get to his son before everybody else did? Because he didn't want nobody saying nothing sideways to his son. Because you already know what some folks would have said. What you doing back? How you over here? God can't use you. You did this. You did that. You did this. Well, I may have done everything that you said that I did, but I am not who you say that I am. And the Bible says my son who was dead is now lost or is now found. Jesus tells the story so well, you think this guy's real. It's a parable. Do you want to know? When the timetable of the parable is set between Rosh Hashanah and the Day of Atonement, when people finally get sick of pigs, when people finally get sick of going through the same thing year after year and over and over. I know your life is better than it's ever been, but I think there's a few people in here on a Wednesday night that say, I'm sick of dealing with this fear. I'm sick of dealing with this anger. I'm sick of dealing with these. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. When did he come home? During the feast. He repented and returned. Repentance means to change your mind. To return means to go back to where you got it in the first place. He repented and he returned. Say that with me. He repented and he returned. A lot of times when we think of repentance, we think of, you know, folk, you know, here's what you'll say. If you grew up in church, you, have, you heard this. People living in sin. So you're like, I don't need to repent. You know, I don't do, this, I don't do what they do. I don't cuss and drink and smoke. If you grew up in church, that's what you thought. People living in sin. I don't need to repent. I'm good. Not realizing repentance, watch this, means I change my mind. There are certain things that you've made up in your mind that heaven says, well, it doesn't have to be that way. There are certain things you've disqualified yourself from that God says it doesn't have to be that way. He said, I'm not even worthy to be a son anymore. But his daddy was like, says who? You don't get to take yourself from sonship. You didn't get to pick me to be your daddy, and you don't get to unpick me. I'm going to tell somebody, I don't care what you've done. You don't get to unpick Jesus because Jesus has already picked you. Are y'all hearing me? So, so, so when did this boy teshuvah the feast? Are you here? Because it's a time on the calendar. Where heaven says, we've set a meeting with you. How did the boy come to himself? You, you think all of a sudden one day he just started thinking better when he's with the pigs? You think all of a sudden one day he just got it? No! Just like you ain't just going to get it one day. Instead, what God will do is interrupt your normal. 
and he'll show you something that will confront you with you. And when you'll see you, you'll say, I got to change. I got to do something different. This ain't my mama's fault. This ain't my daddy's fault. This ain't my cousin M's fault. This is me, and I can't control what they do, but baby, I can soul change what I do. So here it is, Leviticus 23, 26. I got to finish. The Lord spoke to Moses saying on exactly the 10th day of the seventh month, this is the day of atonement. Now remember, four different starts to the year when it references the seventh month here. It's referring to the agricultural start of the year because that's the context of the text. It says, it should be a holy convocation for you. Say, somebody say, that's what we're doing. You shall afflict your souls. Now remember that phrase, afflict your souls. That phrase in scripture means to fast. Why is it called the afflicting of your soul? Well, what's your soul? Your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. When you fast, especially like we've done today and are still doing today, a water-only fast, you afflict your soul. Because when you get emotional and you normally ran to a snicker bar, and all you could do was look at that same water bottle and say, come on. Same water bottle. Because food is really a drug. A lot of what we eat is really the drugs that anesthetize us to reality. Think about it. When you're not feeling great, what you want to go do? Eat. Many people. Many people. Many people. Most of us, when we're not feeling good, we don't say it's time to fast. Now, we need to change that, but let's just be, re- let's just be real. Touch the name and let's just be real. Okay, when we're emotional, watch this. You know what we want to do? We're going to go eat. You know what we normally want to eat? Sugar <laughs> and white flour. <laughs> Let me have some bread. Full disclosure, I remember one day a long time ago. I remember one day. I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated and so mad. I closed my laptop a long time ago. I closed my laptop, and I said, I'm going to eat. And I called Bishop Bright. He said, what's going on? I said, I don't want to talk about it. I said, I'm going to eat. He said, woo, is that bad? <laughs> I said, well, after I eat, I'm going to feel better for a little bit. Now, check this out. When we afflict our souls through fasting, what we do is run to the end of us and we're forced to turn to him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fasting isn't designed to change God. It's designed to change us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many folks today, you already feel like you can change? Yeah, 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 okay. Because normally, watch this, where you would, what you would run to, you couldn't run to. What you would go to, you couldn't go to. It made you pray. It made you step back and remind yourself, I'm fasting today. When people started stuff with you, it made you take a couple seconds before you responded because you were like, I'm a good Christian on today. I'm fasting. I'm being funny, okay? Say afflicting your soul. Y'all talk to me, say afflicting your soul. I'm just about done. Put that scripture back up for me. So here's what it says. It says this. It says, on this day, It says, you shall afflict your souls and offer it. Here it is again. An offering made by what? Fire to the Lord. That just means a sacrifice. Now, check this out. It says, afflict your soul. Fast. Somebody say fast. He said, I want you to fast during the feast. I want you to fast during the feast. One more scripture I want to show you, and then we're going to go to work. Leviticus 16, 29. I'm going to show you what you've done today. Leviticus 16, 29. Y'all here? Leviticus 16, 29. This will be a statute forever for you. 
In the seventh month, on the tenth month of the day, remember, I just explained to you why it says it that way. You shall what? Afflict your souls. Okay? Now, in the Hebrew culture, they wouldn't do any work at all. Okay? In American culture, man don't, don't work, don't eat. And do no work at all. <laughs> Whether a native of your own country or a stranger, a stranger who dwells among you. So in other words, he says, uh, if you know to do this, you make everybody around you do it. Or you tell them to get up out your house. That's what the text says. Now, that's what the text says. Now, now so, so do you see what's supposed to happen on this day? If I see it? All right, so, so we give an offering, and what's the other thing we do? Fast. Now, now, go to Isaiah 58. Let's go to work. To the left. One, you ain't, you're supposed to work with it. Let's go to work. Okay, all right, here we go. All right, next time, next time. Isaiah 58. You got it? Say, what did I do today, Bishop? I'm for sure you did. Isaiah 58. Cry aloud, spread not, lift up your voice like a what? Like what? Like, like what? What did we learn that is? So far. So watch the connection. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Verse 2. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteous and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Verse 3. Why have we fasted, they say? You have not seen. Why have we, what? Afflicted our souls. And you take no notice. Stick with me, church. Y'all are missing your shout points here. Okay, now, <laughs> but I want you to know why you're shouting. Now, in other words, God says, I'm getting ready to tell you what you've done today. He says, you didn't do this for nothing. Touch them and say, you didn't do this for nothing. See, certain things when they're done at a certain time get you certain results. Let me say it again. Certain things when they're done at a certain time get you certain results. Any people that like to cook in here? Any people that like to cook in here? Okay. You know that there are certain dishes you make where you have to do certain things at a certain time. I like watching people cook because I can't cook. And so uh, I watch when they make these bechamel sauces and when they make these roux and when they make these, uh, some other one where he just put a whole lot of butter in it. What's it called? No, it wasn't hollandaise. It was something else. It was good, though. To be honest, they could have just put some butter with some chives in it, and I would have been good. I'd be like, that is a wonderful sauce. <laughs> and they said this. They said, if I don't take it off the heat at this time, it's going to burn. In other words, certain things have to be done at certain times, and when you do that, you'll get certain results. Say it again. Certain things have to be done at certain times, and when you do it, you'll get certain results. You may say, well, Bishop, I fasted two months ago. That's excellent. But certain things have to be done at certain times, and you'll get certain results. Y'all not getting it. Certain things have to be done at certain times, and you'll get certain results. So the Bible, I just gave you several scriptures that showed you when you fast and so sacrificially during this time, Say certain things, certain time, certain results. Verse 3, why have we fasted? They say you've not seen. Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? Skip down uh, to verse number 6. They have this whole back and forth. And then look at verse number 6. Is this not the fast I have chosen? Look, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You're going to catch it. You're going to catch it. You have to catch it because I'm running out of time. There's times we fast. Excellent. We should live a fasted life. Excellent. The book says, is this not the fast 
I chose. What's a feast? A meeting between us and God that who sets? God does. So who chose this fast? God did. Which means everything we're about to read, when you do certain things at a certain time, you get. Y'all ain't talking. When you do certain things at a. You're going to get. God says, is this not the fast I chose? Now, it's about to get real good right in through here. To loose the bonds of wickedness. Now, now that means, uh, what's wickedness? That's something that comes against you. God says, anything that was wicked that had a hold on you, what you've been doing today is getting yourself free. Whatever addiction had a hold on you, you've been getting yourself free. Whatever bondage had a hold on you, you've been getting yourself free. Yeah, 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 okay. To undo, watch this, heavy burdens. Burden there means a heavy yoke. A yoke is not the problem itself. A yoke connected two ox together. See, a lot of the issues we have isn't the problem. It's that we're yoked or connected to the problem. What did God say I'm doing with today's fast? I'm going to undo the heavy yokes. In other words, God says there's some people you were connected to that you couldn't detach from. What I'm going to do is because they were bad for you and negative for you and not productive for you, I'm going to make it easy for you to... Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. To let the oppressed grow free and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house those who are poor and cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? He says, not only during this fast, so I got to give you another instruction. Because he says, not only when you're fasting, do I want you to afflict your soul. But he says, I want you to be generous to those that can't do anything to help you back. It's easy for us to help people who can help us. He says, during this fast, I want you to help people that can't help you back. Do you see that? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. You're healing. <laughs> I'm just reading you the Bible. Is this not the fast I have chosen? Then your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. And the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. What does it mean, righteousness before me? In other words, anytime I walk up to a door, that door will no longer see me. That door will see righteousness. That door will see Jesus, and there ain't one door that he can't get to. In other words, there's some things that you kept walking up to that wouldn't open for you because God says you didn't do the right thing at the right time to get the right result. But when you fast this day, what I'm going to do is when the door sees you, it won't see you. It's going to see me, and it's going to touch your neighbor and say, doors are opening right now. And if you need some doors open, you ought to put at least a halfway praise right through there because there's some doors that are swing open for you. Shout yeah! Look, 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 look. He says, he says, he says, and behind you, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. What is he saying? Don't worry about nobody stabbing your back. He says, because my glory's behind you. Which means when they come up to try to plot against you, they're going to have to get through God. You're not hearing what I'm saying. In other words, God says in 5779, you ain't got to worry about Judas. 
I'm going to get Judas before he ever gets close. You ain't got to worry about snakes. I'm going to handle those snakes before they ever get close. You ain't got to worry about somebody stealing from you. I got rid of them before you walked into. Say his glory is behind me. Say his righteousness in front of me. Verse 9, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, I'm right here. In other words, God says, no more of these delays in prayer. When you do the right things at the right time, you get the right results. Is this not the fast that I chose? I just showed you scripture where he chose this. Let's keep reading. Y'all want to read? Verse 9. Then you should call and the Lord will answer. You should cry. He'll say, here I am. What doesn't literally mean cry? God isn't saying whine. What he's saying is, when you feel like I'm distant, I will make sure that you know I'm right here. Verse. I'll make sure that you know I'm right here. He says, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and the speaking of wickedness. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Now, now it, 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 just, it, just, it just turned here because... Because he says, I, I picked these things to happen during the fast. Then he says, be generous during the fast. But then he says, there's some other stuff I want you to do during the fast. Take away the yoke from your mess. Stop pointing fingers and speaking wicked. Okay, all right. What does he mean, take away the yoke from your mess? In other words, God says, there are certain things you won't do anything about. And you know to do something about that's your premise. Then he says, take away the pointing of the finger. He says, stop blaming everybody. So he says, during this fast, I picked this fast to do some stuff. But he said, don't point the finger at nobody else. You are where you are today. I was thinking about something. I said, Lord, and he said, you can change that. I said, I know, but yes, sir. He said, what you just whined about, you can change. You got the ability to do what you want to do, son. What you're complaining about, you can change. He says, stop pointing the finger. Touch the neighbor and say, don't point the finger. Say, take ownership. And speaking wickedness. What's wicked, Bishop? What's wicked? I can't do it. This ain't going to work. I'm so discouraged. Oh, I'm just sick of this. I, I, I caught myself the other day where there were some things would happen, certain things would happen. And I just say, I'm sick of that. And the Lord said, keep on. I said, <laughs> said, I take that back. All is well. He said, you're speaking wicked when you say things that invite what you don't want. L let, me, let me help you. Let me help you. I'm over it. Okay. That is your job you're talking about. I'm over it. Those are your children. I'm over it. That is your spouse. I'm over it. You begged God for that. And he gave it to you. And now I'm over it. Ooh, it's quiet in here. This is the quietest Wednesday I have ever been at. That's all right. I'll send somebody else next Wednesday. Now, he says, he says, he says stop speaking wicked during the fast. And when you're fasting, you're going to catch yourself. 
He said, stop speaking so wicked. Stop talking about it. I'm just so tired of this. You ain't tired. You ain't tired of nothing. If you're tired of it, you change it. I'm just, I'm just, ooh, these people are crazy. What does it say about you that you with them? All right, let's move on because you're only talking. Somebody say, stop speaking wicked. Listen, husbands, if you want your wife to be better, you can't keep calling negative stuff, wickedness. Wives, if you want your husband to be better, you can't keep speaking wickedness. If you want your finances to be better, you can't speak wicked. Okay, all right, all right. If you want your body to be better, why do you talk so down to yourself? Why do you be pinching on different pockets of flesh? <laughs> Talking about, ugh. No, instead you need to say, I look wonderful. They're going to put me in men's hell. They may say, Bishop, that's crazy. I'm not lying. I'm prophesying. God says, stop speaking so wicked. Stop speaking because you, you, you're a Democrat. Stop speaking so wicked against the Republicans. Because you're a Republican, stop speaking so wicked against the Democrats. It got super quiet there. I'll just leave that all alone. Because y'all were like, well, wait a minute now, Bishop. Nah, I was with everything else you were saying. Just leave it alone, all right? Okay. Look, look at verse 11. The Lord will guide you continually. Now, now this is the shout. We're going to go all the way up and I'm done. And satisfy your soul, even in drought. Which means, which means over this next spiritual year, even in a moment you feel dry, God says you'll still be satisfied. And strengthen your bones. What does that mean? You won't say this year, I'm tired. You won't say this year, I'm weak. You won't say this year, I can't take no more. God says, I'm going to strengthen you from the inside out. In other words, something's been going on on the inside of you that's getting ready to manifest on the outside of you. Here it is. You shall be like a watered garden. Say watered garden. Now, that's good. That means, you ever seen grass that looks so green that you're like, wow. And then you look at some grass that wasn't quite watered and you were like, what's this? When you're a watered garden, everybody can see the results. When you're a watered garden, everybody will look at you and say, wow, they, they really been taking care of their lawn. What's this? Over this next spiritual year, when people behold you, they're going to see you as a watered garden. They're going to say, you've really been taking care of yourself. And like a spring of water whose waters, just these last three words, these last three words, do not fail. <laughs> you missed the shout. You're going to be like a what? Water garden. And like a what? Spring of water. So who, who's the spring of water? You. Because he says you'll be like this. And then what does he say about the water, which is you? I'll shout by myself then. Last year you took some L's. 
This year it's going to be win after win after win after win after win after win. Everywhere I look, shut your neighbor say, I'm going to be winning. He says, the waters will not fail. This is in your Bible. So you ain't got to say, that's just preacher hype. It's in your Bible, and God said it about you. So shut up and believe it. Touch your neighbor and say, hush and believe it. I didn't mean to say shut up. But sometimes when you talk rough, folk get it. <laughs> Verse 12. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. In other words, God says, where you thought you wasted stuff. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. Touch your name one more time. Say, what you went through was for somebody else. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach. What does that mean? In other words, God says, I'm like a bridge that through my living, other people get to walk over. The restorer of streets to dwell in. Now. Now, 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 you still here? Now, skip down, verse 14. Then you should delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. Look at me. God says, everything in your bloodline ain't been bad. He said, there's some generational stuff that's been built up. Uh, Colorado has this thing called a great Colorado payback where you forgot about accounts and property and all that and, and here's the thing you have to file a request and send in your information so I, I went in there and I found out I, I had stuff I forgot about I sent in the information and they said here you go Dr. Foreman here's everything that uh, you forgot about that we owe you here's everything you forgot about that we owe you oh and there's some other stuff over here that you get it because whose it is didn't get it. You're not hearing what I'm saying. God says there's some generational stuff that's been built up for you that's coming your way. And then at the end of the verse, he says, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. In other words, he said, don't get it twisted. Because you decided to honor the feast and because you decided to fast in honoring the feast and we're getting ready to sow our sacrificial seed, God says, everything you just read in Isaiah 58, somebody holler, it belongs to me. Say it again. Say, it belongs to me. Now, I don't know what I need to do to shift this atmosphere, but I think somebody in here needs to realize that it's payback time. Somebody in here needs to realize that not one of those tears was wasted. Not one of those situations was wasted. God says it's payback time. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Somebody holler, it's time. Say it like you mean it. It's time. Now put a praise on that to seal that right there. I said put a praise on it to seal it right there. Just the voices. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. 
Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday ah feel the whoa with listerine at bj's you can save two dollars and fifty cents now on listerine products like total care anti-cavity fluoride fresh mint mouthwash or cool mint pocket packs fresh breath strips at your nearest bj's location experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with listerine discount available through december 24th save now only at bj's 